Adelaide United family, welcome back to the Pitch Podcast. Jared here as we have commenced our A-League men's and A-League women's season. And today it is a very special edition of the Pitch Podcast because um, I get to meet for the very first time two of our brand new signings for our Liberty A-League women team. And I love what Adrian Stenter has been able to do this season um, as a fan frustrated with the result last weekend the weekend before we got a point but you know what I'm still frustrated but I'm excited about what's happening and I'm excited to be joined by our two American signings Jenna Holtz and Mariah Lee Uh, welcome to the pitch podcast how are you both thank you I'm good I'm Mariah (laughs) (laughs) I'm also doing well I'm Jenna Oh, yeah, because no one can see this, hey, so I have to kind of – I need to be really specific on who I ask the questions to. So the only direction I give is, like, just speak close to the microphone and that's it, and that's all I've said. So this is great because it gives me an opportunity to get to know you both. Um, Mariah, I wanted to start with you. Uh, got to see you play for the first time against Canberra a couple of weeks ago with the most bizarre game of women's football <laughs> I've seen because everything happened, right? We get the four-all draw, um, but I was – so impressed with watching the way that you played and all of our new signings had an impact on the team, which is absolutely awesome. How have you found your experience so far being in Adelaide? Because it's only been a few weeks you've been here and you're playing already. Yeah, I got here late into preseason, so hit the ground running. And it's been amazing so far, just getting to know the girls. Everyone's super nice and welcoming and we have our house of a lot of the new girls. Jenna and I live together, so it's been a lot of fun. Where are you living, Jenna? Not specifically, I'm not a stalker, but where whereabouts are you living? And is it just with Mariah that you're living with? No, we're living in Jocelyn, is all I really know. Okay. Um, and we live with Hannah, who's from New Zealand, yep. and then Alana, who's an Aussie. Wow, so it's all the newbies kind yeah. of staying yeah. together, which is which is pretty cool. How have you found Adelaide to start off with? Like, I mean, is this your first Australian experience? It is. I had seen so many things before coming here, mainly about insects and bugs, and I was terrified. Um, but it's actually been really good, besides the one huntsman spider, I think is what it was called. It was yeah. ginormous. Um, so they don't hurt though, apparently, but they're just scary to look I was at, right? Told, but yeah. I mean, there's Still no friendly. way. <laughs> yeah, I don't like them either. Don't worry. I live yeah. here and I hate spiders, and I'm like, I don't care if they die. Like, just <laughs> go away, go away. My my wife hates that I don't like them, but I mean, you're supposed to kill them. Well, I don't know. <laughs> the man. I don't. I don't know. No, but she wants to keep them alive. Oh, and wants I'm, to keep them. Yeah, I let the little daddy long leg ones go. Those are good. Okay, but. That, that thing was the largest. The vacuum. Yeah, we didn't really I know. I sucked it up the vacuum. Wait, so sorry, no, <laughs> they made me. Mariah, you're <laughs> saying you sucked a live spider in the vacuum, so it's still living in the we, vacuum bag. We tapped. We put a little saran wrap on top of it, <laughs> so, so it wouldn't you crawl out. back out. So you suffocated the spider. So you tortured it well, basically. We we weren't going to get close to it, so that was the best option. We asked people. No one. All the Aussie people gave us no response on how to handle the situation yeah because we take that stuff for granted like i was just saying um away from the recording before i've come from from far north queensland over the past few days where the uber driver i was just having a chat to him and i'm like hey man so are there crocodiles in the area he's like yeah everywhere and he says (laughs) i i go jet skiing and there are crocs so that's why i've got my um my gun in the back of my car so i can shoot them and i'm like I'll just get out here, please. I like there's literally crocodiles and it's it's full on, right? 
So it's, I'm, I'm glad that we're on the same page with that stuff because it's certainly not for me. Um, so you come to, to Adelaide, Mariah, how did this all come about? Because as I said, it's, it's really late. So in the most respectful way possible, why are you here and how did you get here? Well, Jenna. <laughs> is, it had, a, is it a, a, a dual had, deal? It's a combo deal. I had Stens's number from a past player, Sofia Huerta, that was yeah. here. And so I had his contact, reached out. He said he also needed a forward. So I put her through too. That's unreal. But yeah. like you guys smile about it and I love that. But you're in a foreign country which is completely over the other side of the world. So to actually have the comfort of someone that you know, that you instantly acclimatise. I'm sure that makes you both feel a little bit more comfortable because I've been the new kid at school before and it sucks, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to go basically from zero to 100. So to have someone that you can experience something new with, I'm sure it makes you both feel a a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, 100%. And we have played in a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. So we both know the experience of... Being like you said, the new kid, or Knowing the only American, no one. or the only one who speaks yeah. English, yeah. or whatever. So we knew going in, we're like, we're gonna have a good time regardless because yeah. <laughs> yes. we'll be able to hang out. Yeah, exactly. And we knew we were gonna live together. Mm-hmm. So I, even our parents, they're so much more comfortable yeah. knowing that we had each other. And because they know each other because we played club together growing up. Right. Okay. Yeah. So is this back in Washington? Yep. Yes. America has a great footballing country especially the, the women's national team about soccer? Wait, do i have to call it soccer when you say footballing america has great footballing i know so i'm i'm very much a i love that over here when we say football we talk about australian rules it's kind of like yes. football in america is like nfl so i call it football which is weird because our national team is called the socceroos but we like to call uh, soccer football it's bizarre so you guys call it soccer yeah. in america we do but here you call it football. Well, here I still call it soccer because there's Aussie rules. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll say soccer just for the sake of this conversation Perfect. then. Um, your soccer team is outstanding. We actually had a – we've had a few um, U.S. representatives play for Adelaide United. Abby Dowell-Kemper was here a couple of years ago. Um, and it's been brilliant to see the strength of women's soccer. Um, did you get to watch much of the World Cup and then go, Australia is somewhere that I would like to play soccer in? I, yeah, I watched a lot of the World Cup. Um, I had always wanted to go to Australia, so when it was there, it was very cool. I We were talking with Stents before, and he said that they were having some games here and um, hosting, and I know the, like, we have the seats still from the World Cup, so we've definitely gotten some, some nice reparations from that, too, so... What's it like, though, being an American and seeing the, the strength of the women's team? Um, I think it's quite similar here in Australia where um, the Matildas are the popular brand of, mm-hmm. of soccer. Um, yeah. This week, for example, they're going to have that a game last night. We're recording this on a Friday. There's going to be 60,000 people on the weekend in Western Australia watching them play. Um, in comparison to our men's team, I think our men's team, would, would they, they wouldn't sell out a stadium at the moment, similar to the men's US team. So um, yeah. what's it like for the strength? Of, of women's soccer and the growth over there? It's really a cool time to be a women's soccer player, I think, globally. Um, and, like, that was a part of my decision to come here was the momentum after the World Cup here. But in the States, I just think it's cool because people respect women's soccer. Mm-hmm. So you can say I'm a soccer player mm-hmm. and 
people know it's legit. <laughs> so do you think there's like a there's not the same respect all around the world at the moment yes. for when yes. you say I'm a women's soccer player? Um, I still think in Australia we have a lot of work to do in that regard. I mean, we're celebrating the fact that, that you guys play a handful of games at Cooper Stadium. In my opinion, it should be every game at Cooper Stadium. So mm-hmm. it's we've got a long way to go. But can you see, because you've been in, involved in the sport for a while now, that you can see we're heading in the right direction? Yeah, I think it's definitely headed in the right direction. I think, I mean, the last decade, last couple of years, it's been a lot more in the forefront of women voices standing up like especially in the U.S. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll keep striving for equality and getting there, but, yeah, it's definitely nice to see that it's headed this way. So what about both of your football journeys? And then we can talk about the season really soon. Um, so you played together growing up, yep. and then did you both go your separate ways? You both head overseas? How does it all w- w- start? I'll start with you, Mariah. Well... Yeah, so I joined, our club team was called Washington Premier Football Club. That's a cool name for a team, Washington Premier, Mm -hmm. yeah. We are one of the premier teams in the state. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I joined going into middle school, so seventh grade, you're like 12. Yeah. And then Jenna came to the team the following year. And we won a state cup, like we had a lot of success with our team and then most Americans go to the college system. Like Mm -hmm. it's really unheard of for people to go to the pros. Which I realized here that like college isn't, college sports aren't as much of a thing, No, it's nothing. No, it's it's, it's nothing. Like it's, yeah, it's, the, the way that it's viewed as university over here, it's not prestigious to play for your college where, you know, a lot of American sports now have, um, one and done. You basically go there for study for a year and then you sign professional contracts and stuff. But the, the collegiate system over in the States is, is yeah. massive. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, so I went to Stanford and we won. A That's fancy, isn't it? Stanford. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We won a national championship. So we were the best team in the country. Yeah. And I have six seven teammates who have been called up to the u.s national team wow so every day at training it was like the best of the best everyone had been with the youth national team it was intense um i grew so much there and our team could beat pro teams Mm. like we were that good um like some of the names like katarina macario i played with and she'll probably be the best player in the world you know um, but Jenna was across the road, literally 20 literally. minutes down the road. She went to Santa Clara, which is a huge school. Also, also and like historically, they mm-hmm. have one of the most um, like historic programs. And so we both went from Washington State to the Bay Area, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we play them every year, yeah. at least once. A lot of times, we play them twice. Yeah. yeah. And funny story. So my was it my. Junior year, I was redshirting. And so yeah. if you get hurt, you could redshirt, which means you don't play and you can get that extra year back. So hold on, break that down for me again. What you... If you if you get hurt, you can... Like, because you have four years of eligibility to play. Yeah. And if you get hurt, you get an extra year. You get a okay. fifth year. So mm-hmm. I wasn't playing because I was hurt. Mm-hmm. And we were in the tournament. And at Stanford, like, every year our goal is to go to the Final Four and win. And we're in... So that's that's consistent, right? The national yes. tournament is consistent throughout all sports in college. So the, the final four and things like that, that goes Most through... sports yeah. do it, but soccer, yeah. you have a 64-team bracket like March Madness. Not all yeah, okay. sports have the same bracket. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And so it's serious. Like, you take it so serious. And so we always were, like, gunning for the end. And then we had Santa Clara in the Sweet 16. <laughs> and in the States, we do, if you go to overtime, it's sudden death. They don't do two periods. Mm-hmm. And so if you score, it's game over. Oh, like yeah. golden goal. Yes. Yeah. Golden goal. And yeah. I scored. <laughs> <laughs> I scored the double goal, overtime. Double overtime. Yeah. Kicked us out of the tournament. And that's the photo we took in the, the TikTok. I don't know if you saw it. That was a, I don't it's a trend where it's us like before and then we redo the trend like years later of us together. And that photo was from after that game. Oh, my gosh. Took, yeah. Oh, so she broke our entire team's hearts, and I was like, yeah, like and then after, like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, because you had the red shirt. Yeah, I like, I was still was sad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, I totally <laughs> agree though. Like, I'd much yeah. rather yeah. lose a final that I'm not playing in. That's yeah. totally fine. But I also never want my team to win one that I'm not playing in. So yeah. that's fine. So with the with the college system, do you have to be invited to go to the college? So you do you go then under? under soccer they say hey come and play soccer under this and then you the study just takes care of itself or do you study first you definitely get recruited like we signed i think our junior sophomore year of high, high school, school yeah to go to the to go play soccer at the and you have college. lots of different options like they they yeah. show in the movies and stuff and the I people mean, come and they'll meet with you and say we need you to come yeah. to at our, our college at our club games there would be like 70 college coaches just lined up on the sidelines just watching our games Wow. And so it's like a scout. And you know, they scout, thing. they recruit, yeah. you have offers, and you decide on the school. Yeah. But you also have to, especially for our schools, have the grades and it, you take the yeah. study serious. Because our schools are also pretty academic. And that's a risk, though, isn't it? Because a lot of athletes will just do the bare minimum of what they need to do and focus on the sports side of things, mm-hmm. which keeps their coaches happy but doesn't keep the teachers happy. So you, need, you had a really good balance of, of studying and, and playing soccer? Well, in high school, if I was one of the players who didn't care about school, I wouldn't have gone into Stanford. I wouldn't mm. have even gone there. So yeah. then you're taking one of the best soccer schools out of the equation. Mm. And then in college... You have to have a certain GPA to play. You ha- yeah, there are certain wow. requirements. But at the end of the day, they're paying for your education. Yep. Instead of getting money. Like people, you know, you talk about NIL deals, and that's a huge conversation about paying college athletes in the States. Mm-hmm. But before, it's not like we were playing for free. Like at Stanford, it's like a $60,000 education. But it's yeah. also really regulated, right? So if you're not getting paid, which they're having those discussions now, if you accept a gift from someone, that can be seen as potentially payment. Yeah, you yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Or you, in our day, we can't. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. now it's getting better because were, were your games broadcast, like nationally broadcast on oh, television? Yeah, 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 yeah. So ultimately the, the argument at the moment is that these the players are getting nationally broadcast, which advertisers coming in, you should be, and you then are the, the main stars of the show. You should be getting financially rewarded in some way, but yeah. you see it as we're actually getting a $60,000 education, so we are technically getting paid. Just yeah, there's so mean, many sides of the argument. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think... It was, yeah. Way worth it. Way worth it. But, I mean, nowadays people get so much more money. But it depends on who you are, too. Like, I wouldn't have gotten money in college. I wouldn't have gotten NIL deals. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. So so (laughs) then where do you both head from there? From college, where do you both head off to? I went and did my master's, actually, in Canada. Wow, okay. Yeah. What what were you studying? I graduated from Santa Clara in, in economics, and then I did environmental economics okay. in Canada. 
Yeah. So it was a two year program. And then after that, I went to Portugal. Yeah. What about you, Mara? So I did my fifth year at Wake Forest, got a master's Mm -hmm. and played. And then from there. Chris Paul went to Wake Forest, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. CP3. A lot yep. of people went to Wake Forest. Yeah, yeah. Tim Duncan. Oh, that sounds, you've got good alumni you got there. Steve Nash at Santa Clara. Oh, Steve I Nash, yeah. Was my t- yeah. Idols, sports idols, Steve Nash and CP3 were my were they? sports idols on the I, male side. Do you know I met him? Like, we had a go- golf, the charity thing that we drove around, and we had the little alcohol cart, and I took a shot with him. Steve Nash? With Steve Nash. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. He he's yeah. very good. He's Canadian, isn't he? He's a very good soccer player. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, and very very good soccer player. I've so th- seen that. There's I've vision of him level. like yeah. kicking a basketball around like a soccer ball yeah, and yeah, like yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was incredible. Okay, so then after you've completed your studies, what happens with you, Mariah? I went to Switzerland. Yep. That's where I started my pro journey, <laughs> and then I've been. I went to the Oil Rain during COVID. That was craziness, and then Scotland was Celtic. Uh, Denmark with FC Norseland, then Spain with Sporting Huelva, and then here. Oh my gosh. And, and how old are you both? Twenty-seven. My my birthday's tomorrow. Is it really? Or <laughs> yeah. well, happy birthday. How old are you turning? Um twenty-eight. And this is I've been telling everyone this, but it's my golden birthday. Yeah, I know yes. someone who had this the other day. They were twenty-six on the twenty-sixth, so you're exactly. twenty-eight on the twenty-eighth. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I uh, was born on the fourth, so mine was Tough. ages ago. I know. So I, couldn't celebrate I feel it. bad it for shit. most people. I feel like they don't get a. Mine will be good because I'm June thirtieth. So. 30th. Oh, you're laughing. All right, let me ask some <laughs> philosophical questions for you because um, it's been wonderful getting to know you both. What, what's the biggest learning experience that you have had playing abroad? Because both of you have travelled a fair mm. bit playing football, and what I've been able to do is speak to a lot of players at this club that have really opened our audience's eyes onto the reality. Mm-hmm of not just playing football, soccer, playing soccer overseas, then there's the next level of playing women's soccer overseas because it's three-tiered in how challenging it is financially, living conditions, but also equality in the sport. So can I start with you, Mariah, off the, off the top of your head, one of the biggest learnings you've taken out of it? For me, the main reason why I've been able to play is because I've advocated for myself. Every time I go someplace, I've had to just push and push and push. And like even getting a club, I've sent cold emails. I've like looked up Mm -hmm. teams, their Twitter, their sporting director. I've had to fire agents. Like I've had to, um, just like not take no for an answer and you can't be passive if you want to be a women's soccer player and make it like you have to be an agent and take everything into your own hands. And every time I feel like that just happens. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I've definitely had to like learn how to set boundaries too with certain things with agents, with coaches that have just crossed boundaries and tried to, sexually hit on me and all those type of things so that has also been just something is hard to navigate and manage because obviously they're in a position of power over you you don't want to burn any bridges but it's also like can't let that stuff go either and happen so that has probably been the biggest thing that was an eye-opener for me it's pretty confronting like the and 
thank you for being like courageous enough to say that because mm-hmm. that's that's full on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's bad. Well, it's in America. You grow up and like your parents put you in sports, yeah. and I felt. Like, every girl, like, there was a place in sports. Like, I didn't feel like there was, like, a gender bias, really. Yeah. And then in college, we have Title IX, which makes sure that the men's and the women's sporting teams have equal access to resources. So we had state-of-the-art facilities, like, everything you could imagine. Weight room, full-time coaching staff, advertising, media. Yeah. Everything. Then my first experience in Switzerland... It was <laughs> it was just shocking. Like, it was shocking the amount of resources we have. I'm like, this is supposed to be professional. It's supposed to be a step up. We go from college to professional, and it was the yeah. complete opposite. Yeah. Like, we barely had a trainer or physio at our practices and trainings. And in the States, you're not allowed to play without athletic trainer. Like, we yeah. couldn't have practice because it's dangerous. And I'm like, wait, yeah. we're out here, and there's no athletic trainer? Girls are taping their own ankles. Yeah. Like, we barely have a locker room. We go to the stadium, which they had lockers and they had practice fields around, and it's where like all the academies played and stuff. And they didn't have a girl side; they just at some point merged one of uh, some girl club, and they were kind of connected but not fully. But we trained on one of the turf pitches, and the stadium was like really old, built in like the early 1900s or something, and. The whole city loves soccer, but when it was built, it wasn't built for women. So all of the bathrooms just had urinals. And there were only two bathrooms that were handicapped bathrooms that are converted to women's bathrooms. Just stuff like that. You're yeah. like, are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah, I talk about this a lot, and people probably get sick and tired of hearing me talk about it. But I've got two daughters, so I'm really passionate about like a pathway being set for if my two kids choose to play soccer, that they have like equal opportunity and facilities and resources because if I'm involved in the decision-making process with them, I'm going to look at the sport with them that provides them the best opportunity on and off the field. Um, I don't care about financially whatever makes them happy, but I want them to feel safe and I want them to feel welcome and included. And I also know that there's a lot of men playing soccer overseas that still feel separated and distant, but then they have the luxury of being financially rewarded more than the women of having the resources and having a support network where they feel part of it because there's nothing worse than feeling isolated in a country that's that's not yours which is why I think it's great that you've both come over at the same time so um thank you for sharing that for you both now um what's the most Australian thing you have done since being over here oh I I don't because a lot of it still reminds me of the US in a way. Yeah. Like you don't besides the driving, obviously. That <laughs> threw me for a loop at the beginning. I felt so uncomfortable. But um I kind of had a moment when I was driving with Hannah and Sarah, two of our teammates, and their little surfboards were in the back and we the car she has is just I don't know, like a big kind of rise like how I picture an Australian like hatchback, yeah. what's it called? Yeah. Car and um they were playing just Australian type music and we were driving to the beach and I had a whole little moment of like, okay, now I feel like I'm in Australia. Like this is a cute, cute little setup we have. Okay. What about you, Mariah? I haven't had a moment like that for mm-hmm. me. I was a history major. So one of the first things I did was go to the South Australian Museum. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't finish going through. I need to go back. 
but I just went to like the Aboriginal and like Indigenous people's floor and just reading and hearing about the history. I was like, yeah, I'm in Australia. Yeah, this <laughs> is the culture. It's very similar to Native Americans, and so I just mm-hmm. like learning. <laughs> Um, and then there's the the token stuff of Tim Tams and Vegemite and all that other crap oh, that you had. I did. That. Alana did have me try Vegemite. I did not like it. it. Yeah, it honestly tasted kind of like balsamic ish. Yeah, it almost. does a little bit. Some people have um, Vegemite and avocado on toast. Yeah, which sounds it disgusting. Was just bread and. Butter, she gave Alana it to me. wants us to. Alana is a very, very good cook. Okay. So yeah. I believe she'll make it taste good. Vegemite? She wants to do a whole like avo Vegemite. Yeah, oh. I think that'll be okay. Um, football wise, before we wrap up, um, as I said, I've, I've been there for the first two games. Um, have you been trained on how much we hate Melbourne Victory yet? I mean, we hate oh, Melbourne I didn't Victory. Know that. Yeah, yeah. So we hate them. Like gotcha. they're our arch rivals, okay? Too. Hate them. Yeah. Just hate. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess for me as a supporter, I've been a supporter for a very long time. Um, I'm, I felt a little bit frustrated after that first game because it was a really winnable game, three points mm-hmm. on the line. But to take away a point, I go, okay, because the, I think the errors that were made in that match were fixable, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Um, the match on the weekend, just gone, was pretty disappointing. But I feel like having a look at where we are as a squad – the depth we have, considering the players that haven't been playing and coming back into the side, um, once we figure it all out, it's a really exciting prospect that this team can do some damage this year. Do you guys feel that being led by Stents and actually amongst the group? Because we're not part of training or anything like that, so we don't have those conversations. What's it like from your perspective? I'll start with you, Mariah. I am very hopeful. I'm optimistic, like you said. There's a lot of players I haven't even seen play, (laughs) but I heard are big leaders on the team. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, once everyone's back, it'll only go up from here. I think having the bye round this week is in our favor Mm -hmm. because it gives people time to get back. And I think the there's like no ceiling to our potential. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad that we're more of a possession team. Like, you've been on teams where they just boot it and there's no real, like, chemistry. And I think our team has a lot of chemistry. And I like the way we move the ball and everything. So, yeah, I think for sure potential. And once we get our little kinks out, I think it'll be good. I'm so glad you said that because it's a really good point to see the way that you're moving the ball is something I haven't seen this team do before. Traditionally, the league and also our team has been get the ball and kick it. But there's a lot of movement and class in the way that you're playing, which is really exciting for the fans. So you'll get to play against Melbourne Victory and you'll have some more Australian time. What are you doing for your birthday? (laughs) (laughs) Can we share? (laughs) Yeah, we can, right? I mean, we're all of age. When is this getting out? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's timeless. It could be today. It could be in 12, We're 12 years. We're doing a little team Halloween slash my birthday party. So everyone's getting dressed up. What are you dressing up as? I'm, <laughs> I don't know. Because we do Halloween, we're in, here in Australia, we're kind of half-half when it comes to Halloween. Some people yeah. love it. Some people are like, oh, it's too American. I'm like, shut up. Come Your on, kids? let's just... Yeah, my kid, my kids love it, and all the kids love it. Around? Absolutely, yeah, I'll go okay. trick or treating. But like yeah. other families, like too American. I'm like, shut up! Well, don't listen to American music, then. That's too American. Just calm down. So I heard, I heard you guys 
over Christmas, even though it's super hot here, you listen to Baby It's Cold Outside. Absolutely. We listen to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, So what are you dressing up as? I'm going to be a mermaid. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, mine's like a schoolgirl outfit. Okay. Very long. With fake blood. With fake blood. I think my daughter's doing that as well. She wants, no, my daughter's like a a zombie cheerleader. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I think we all did. Yeah, we got the fake blood. We got the. The, what's it called, bandage stuff. Oh, so. that's good. So is this like, and it's also a really good opportunity for you all to get together and get to know one each other, uh, each yeah, other more because, yeah, yeah there's, it's all well and good to know how a player passes a football, but to actually know what they're like and develop trust and stuff, it's going to be a really good bonding experience. And We're going to carve some pumpkins later. Oh, this yeah. This team does a really, really good job of creating... Bonding, team like bonding. Team bonding mm-hmm. activities, a sense of cohesion and unity... And not all teams do that. Like, I've been on teams, and that's not a part of our Oh, for sure, like, yeah. Environment. Where you're stuck as, like, the international clique, basically. Yeah. yeah. So, so just finally then, do we, do we take for granted living here in Australia? I think sometimes we have a lot of players that come from other parts of the world. The men's team especially have um, a lot of people from Spain that make their way over to Australia, and, and they end up living here because they're like, they it's, it's so safe – it's easy to get around. It's convenient. The weather's great. The people are friendly. Safety's massive as well. Like Safety's we look at fr- from our side of the world, we look at what happens in the states with gun violence yeah. and everything, and we we're, we're just like talking about that. Two mass shootings a day on average. It's ridiculous. And what was so funny? Well, it's not funny. It's tragic that yesterday when they were talking about what happened in Maine, the news report said, "Ah, oh, it's the biggest. It's the biggest mass shooting in America this year." That sent that the words this year made me go, oh, not ever. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but it's we here, you can leave your front door unlocked at night time if you need to and stuff like that. So um, do we take for granted what we have here in Australia from only a small sample size of you living here? 100%. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, even my facilities, like Portugal and Spain, both the gym like this gym that we go to is so nice we have two different gyms that have like three different normatex like hot tub sauna what all gym that do you go is to? not a thing game, game ready. ready oh yeah and then the it's other really one the is one. next gen is the other yeah, one yeah, yeah next Thank gen yeah. yeah yeah which was yeah all of that is for sure i will never take for granted yeah I mean, there's pros and cons everywhere. There's always, like, the grass is green on the other side. The grass is very green here. <laughs> the best yeah. is the grass. We will drive around. We're like, who's yeah, watering this? actually, though, <laughs> the park system out here, whoever's running the park. Yeah, and there's some people just love their grass. Like, they just are obsessed with it. And now it's, like, green your grass time. So once you get older like me, you start finding an interest in different things, like <laughs> red wine, grass, and reading. It's crazy. And that's where I'm at at the moment. So. That doesn't happen in the US. That grass is brown. <laughs> yeah, no, we got to take care of it. Um, I could sit here and talk to you guys for ages, but you've got stuff to do, and Mariah, you need to get out of your pajamas. So, um, <laughs> I'm in my training, so I haven't yeah, showered. That's fine. <laughs> no, I think I slept in these pants, which is fine. Um, it's been lovely speaking to you both. Welcome to the club. Uh, good luck Thank against you. Melbourne Victory, and good luck for the rest of the season. And um, speaking from experience, it's the, the club is something which likes to have togetherness and make everybody feel welcome and the supporters are absolutely incredible whether it's at Cooper Stadium whether it's at Marden you'll see supporters travel interstate to watch you as well so just embrace the experience while you're here and happy birthday (laughs) thanks for joining me on the pitch podcast guys enjoy enjoy